Hey, this is the Skyhook Podcast. I'm John Kennedy. I'm here. And I'm Martin. Today, we're going to be talking about the top five NBA players under the age of 25. John, what's your list? What's my list? Uh, I'd give one to Luka. I think it's undoubtable. Two, I'm going to give it to Tatum. Three, I'll give it to Trey Young. Four, I'll give it to Booker. And then five, I think it's Zion. I think he deserves a spot after last season. All right, Martin, what about you? All right, so like John said, Luka's the clear number one. And then I've got Tatum, two. Trey, three, um, just from his playoffs and playmaking. This year, I just think he's the clear three. Then Zion, four, because of his great scoring efficiency. And then Booker, five. And then I have Donovan Mitchell as an honorable mention. All right, so my list is exactly the same as Martin's. I'd go Luka, Tatum, Trey, Zion, Booker. And Mitchell is very close behind Book. Now, John, what makes you say Booker is better than Zion? Now, like, obviously, I know from, like, now, I don't, honestly, like, if you do want to look at it, I do think Zion is, like, a better, like, more efficient. Like, he scored on higher volume this year and better efficiency. Like, that's not, and worse spacing. Like, that's not an argument. But, you know, it's his second year, right? This was his second year. This is his first full year. Yeah. And I do expect him to improve as, like, a floor spacer, and that will obviously affect his playmaking as he gets better as a floor spacer. But I don't know. I just don't think – not only is it just one year of production that I want to see more, I also just think, yeah, it's high volume scoring. And not. I'm not completely discrediting his volume on completely layups. I didn't know he had bad spacing. And, you know, but I think he's going to – to be able to have a, be super successful in today's league, I think he's going to need to get at least somewhat of a jump shot before he's that as successful as, like, other players been in the playoffs recently. And just the fact he hasn't been in the playoffs in general. I mean, I'm going to give – Credit to Booker and Demich. I don't think Demich is better because his regular season is bad, but still. All right, fair enough. And you know, I had those same concerns about Trey um, before this season. You know, I he wasn't a proven playoff performer yet, and he was one of the best regular season players in the league last year. But I need to I need to see prove it in the playoffs, and you know, he did that this season, and that's what secured him a top fifteen spot in the league for me and the three spot on this list. Now, I think Sion is better than Booker because for my list, I'm sort of projecting their offseason growth. So this is really just a list at the start of next season. I expect Zion to improve a lot as a defender, even though he's already ahead of Booker in that category. Both are still negatives, but Zion is ahead of Booker there. But I'm expecting, to, I'm expecting him to use his size and improve a lot as a defender and as a playmaker. He's obviously already one of the top-tier scorers in the league. So I have him above Booker by a decent margin, but still behind Trey until he does take that defensive jump. I have Trey, obviously, third. That's, you know, pretty much just locked. And Tatum, again, locked in the number two spot. And like you guys said, Luka is the clear one by a very wide margin. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I can come off as biased when I say Booker's better. I mean, I do think it is somewhat biased. Like, I'll be honest, because, like, from a statistical standpoint, especially last season, because Booker was not as good as a scorer. He's been, like, he was a worse scorer than uh, Trey Young last season slightly like it was like 0.1 less efficient and they average like similar points like Booker last season his playmaking and his scoring looked a lot worse from playing with Chris Paul and you know I, I like that's that's a big reason I can't have Booker over Trey even though I would want to but I couldn't see that though at this point maybe next year if Booker Booker needs to take if Booker ever wants to be considered a top young player or next year he's not going to be on under 25 but if he wants to be considered a top player He's got to take that scoring to the next level. Like, he's not getting anywhere staying out of where he's now. Yeah, and I mean, what do you guys think makes Booker better than Mitchell? Because I have Booker above Mitchell, but today 
a handful of people told me that they think Mitchell is better. One of them brought some really great points talking about how Mitchell is a better playmaker. He did make it seem like it was a bigger gap than it really is. I think it's marginal. Booker's right up there with him. But he did make the point that Mitchell is so much better in the playoffs. And yes, Mitchell obviously had a much worse regular season than Booker, especially from a scoring standpoint where he was well below league average efficiency with some of the best teammate spacing of all time, if not the best teammate spacing of all time. But that playoff Yo. part really resonated with me. I'm, I'm not sure. His thing. His thing with, you know, Booker, if you look at his first two play- now obviously, I know I'm not going to sit here and use the because Booker, down the stretch, even when it did look like he wasn't suffering from the nose injury after the Clippers series, the first two games in the Bucs series, he kind of, or not the first two, the first game of the Bucs series, he did score on some iffy levels. His three-point shooting in the playoffs did look off after the Lakers series. But before that, if you really look at it and compare, their stats weren't all that different in the pre-playoffs. Um, like, or not pre-playoffs. In, like, the first and second round, their stats were pretty similar. You know, Booker in the Nuggets series kind of took a step back and let Chris Paul score in the later closeout games in the uh, Nuggets series. But then in the Lakers series, I mean, like, if you want to just talk about, like, individual scoring performances that happened, I mean, Booker had that amazing 47-point game. And, you know, like, even versus game one versus the Clippers, you know, they were one of the better defensive teams in the league, I think. What were they, like, top five? Yeah. And, you know, the Lakers were the number one defense, and AD and LeBron weren't in there most of the year. And, you know, they were hurt. And, you know, they weren't really playing, like, the number one defense in the playoffs. I will give them that, to be fair. The thing is, Mitchell absolutely torched the Clippers. Mitchell destroyed them. But to be fair, and again, Milwaukee's defense wasn't even close to what it was last year. Um, And people say Brooke Lopez was washed. And yes, he's nowhere near what he was in Brooklyn. But Brooke Lopez did contribute quite a bit to Milwaukee's defensive success last season. Obviously, Giannis was the clear-cut best defender in the league and on the team, of course. But Brooke Lopez was a key part. And with him gone, well, Milwaukee's defense dropped off significantly. And yes, that is part induced. That is... um in part to Giannis' increased offensive load. But again, Milwaukee's defense was nowhere near what it was last season. And yes, Booker did torch them in the finals, but I don't think that holds um, as much Yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really give him that. Because even, I mean, to be fair, he didn't really torch him either. I mean, he sh- he had a couple really, he had a really bad shooting game in game one and game six. He shot really bad. Yeah, and then he had two 40-point games, I believe, so. Yeah, back-to-back, yeah. And, you know, I don't think the playmaking, or not the playmaking, I think the playmaking gap, at like he's like so marginable, it doesn't even matter. I honestly think you could argue Booker's better as a playmaker. Just, I think you uh, factor in situation like that because obviously you know spacing helps you out with everything offensively. Yo, Martin. Yep. Do you know Booker's twenty nineteen uh box creation stats? Because I don't know if that is gonna be his best playmaking season. All I know is that is that's his highest assist season. He averaged like twenty seven and not or not nine, twenty seven and eight or like seven or something. Yeah, and from what I've seen, you know, watching Booker that season, and I watched quite a bit of Suns games that season because, you know, Booker's really starting to surprise me. But um, I think, yeah, that was definitely the best playmaking season of Booker's career, you know, statistics aside. Yeah, I mean, from the stat, from the stats perspective, I mean, like, just a bare point, assist and points thing, like, that's, that's not, I mean, that's one of his best, like, that's, like, his best season probably. I mean, I know his 2020 season was probably his best. I think he averaged 27, or if we're rounding up, of course, he averaged 26 point, like, I think seven. He averaged, like, 27 yeah. and six, I think, that year on 62% TS, which is phenomenal yeah, that year. I think like that was, like, plus six or something. 56.5 was the league average in 2020, but, yeah. Um, Damn, yeah. I think Booker was a great, I think that was probably Booker's best season. Um, again, this season, it depends on how you value playoffs. And this, you know, what? Well, this is another good topic I want to talk about. 
how do you weight somebody who did bad in the playoffs versus somebody who didn't make the playoffs? And obviously Booker didn't do bad in the playoffs. He did great in the playoffs. But just in general, how do you weight somebody who did bad in the playoffs versus somebody who didn't even make it? For someone who didn't make the playoffs, it depends. Someone who did bad. I mean, it's basically like you got to cancel. You basically have to cancel the playoffs out because you don't know how the player who didn't make the playoffs will perform in the playoffs. So you basically just have to go off the regular season, which is hard. But I mean, I mean here's the thing: if, like it's fair if like the per- player who didn't make the playoffs didn't have like much of a jump at all. But like if they had like a significant drop off, then I think you need to take that into account. I mean, yeah. here's the thing, though: is it like is that player is that player that's in the playoffs that plays bad? Let's say like, let's say like somehow, let's say it was 2020 or 2019 where the Suns like had the worst record in the league. Let's say like Booker carried the team to the playoffs, which he obviously couldn't. He's, sh- he's shown struggles of not really struggles, but I mean that team was just not good enough at all. But like, say he goes in there, he drops like 15 points each game on horrible efficiency, and he carried that team. Would that have the same effect as a player that has a perfect situation and plays bad in the playoffs? No, that, it wouldn't because obviously Mitchell, sorry, Booker is in a much worse situation than our other player that we're talking about. So, you know, some of that efficiency struggle can be excused. Now, I'm just saying in general, a player who doesn't even make the playoffs versus a player who does bad. Now, again, the regular season is going to hold a lot of weight here, more weight than normal because we don't have a playoff sample size for one of these players. But I'm just saying in general, how would you weight that if a player, you know, had a significant drop off in the playoffs? but, you know, played better in the regular season versus a player that didn't even make the playoffs but had a phenomenal regular season. I, Martin, you got something to say? I mean, I don't really know because, like, none of these players that are in our top five had a a drop-off in the playoffs, really. Trey kind of did. Well, yeah, Trey, but I'm still taking Trey over Zion because, like, the playmaking. Trey, Trey was still so great in the playoffs while Zion was great in the regular season, but the playmaking gap is just so big. I have to take Trey over him while both are negative defenders, but Zion's clearly the better defender. But I'm still taking Trey. It can be hidden, and that's why, you know, the Hawks have Capella. Yeah. So Trey's defense like, can be masked to a certain extent. Obviously, Zion's still a much better defender with both still in the negatives, but because of the situation that Trey's in, he's able to have his defense masked, which is able to maximize his overall impact because his offense is the only thing that's really being shown for the Hawks. Now, Zion, obviously, in that situation, would also benefit from having a top-tier rim protector. Now, again, Adams isn't anything like Capella defensively, but Adams is still a decent defender. And Dude, Adams that, this year was so bad. Well, this year, yeah, but I'm talking about overall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You still have to, I mean, you still have to take into account situation and how, like, yeah. even though the Hawks did hide Trey Young, um, it's like he's still not a good defender. Yeah, you gotta still account for the fact that Zion is a much better defender. That yeah. just comes to the fact that Zion is a much better scorer, but the playmaking gap is bigger in Trey's favor. Trey's, I would say, the second best playmaker in the league. Yeah, although Zion uh, Zion's taken strides as a playmaker this season because of his like great scoring gra- scoring gravity. Uh, it's just like Trey. Trey what had a nineteen or like eighteen box creation this year. Yeah, in Zion's is like picks. Yeah, and I mean, just again, from an eye test point, because obviously box creation and all other stats have their own flaws, but just from an eye test point, Trey is Trey is one of the best playmakers I have ever seen. And not just, like, in the league right now. Like, Trey is one of the best playmakers I have ever seen. I've watched Magic, I've watched Nash, I've watched Chris Paul, etc. Trey is up there, 100%. Like, 
longevity excluded, he would easily be a top ten playmaker of all time. I honestly, mm, I mean, just going, on, try, try try to name ten better. Going to no, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say I was going to say sometimes I think watching his twenty uh what was it twenty twenty that he had averaged thirty and ten. Uh, approximately, yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, I think just the fact with Alex Len, he was making Alex Len, who was like a draft bus, look like Clint Compella with the lob threats he was throwing. Like, I think that just kind of goes to show how good Trey Young as a playmaker is, to be honest. Yeah, all right. You know what? This this sparked up another idea in my head. Just off the top of your head, you don't need to make a specific order, but just the top 10 peak playmakers of all time. Just name all right. the 10. So, 87 order. Magic is pretty clear. You don't need to give years. Okay, give so years. we got Magic, Nash, Westbrook. Um, We can throw in LeBron, uh, Curry. MJ Curry. Me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Trey's got to be in there. Probably at the lower end. Um, He'd probably be 10. I, I mean, I'd put Luka yeah. above him right now as a playmaker. All right, y'all for, totally forgot Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul. I said Chris. Oh no, I didn't. I thought I did. Yeah, Never mind. Now, see, for me again, no order. Um, Magic, Nash, Russ, Paul, LeBron, Curry, Stockton, Harden, Luca, and Trey. That would Oscar be my Robert. ten. Is he there? Uh, I would have to leave Oscar off the list. Um. Oscar would probably be my 11 with Jordan following at 12. Jokic is in the top 15. Um, West would be in the top 15. I, I think Kevin Johnson could probably slip in there. I don't really have a list that far Nah, now. don't give that pedophile credit. <laughs> nah. Bro. I'm just saying, bro. Kevin Johnson was a great playmaker. He was, but, um, yeah. Yeah, but, uh... <laughs> um... Shit. So back to the other players, like I don't really know, man. I think, like I think, from a potential standpoint, I still think Luca. Even I think at their peaks, I still think Luca will be the best. I think. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Tatum. I think Luca's already has a top five point guard peak ever. Like my top five point guard peaks would go: sixty six West, sixteen Curry, mm. eighty seven Magic, sixty four Oscar. And after that, you can say Nash, you can say Paul, you can say Luca. Um, those are the three that fit in the five, six, seven spots. I would put Russell Westbrook 2017 at number eight, but I would honestly put Luca at the number five spot, and then Paul, and then Nash. Okay, where do you guys rank? So we did the top five players under 25. Where do you guys rank these players currently? So I've got Luca, I think seventh, Tatum, uh, 13th or 14th, Trey, 15th, Zion, uh, about the same range of Trey, like 16th, and then Booker. More near the end of the top 20, like 18th. All right, so on my list, I had Luca at four, but he's interchangeable with four through seven. Um, in whatever order you want, Luca, LeBron, KD, Kawhi, those are my four, five, six, seven. You can go in any order there. Um, I have Tatum at 12. I have Trey at 13. I have Zion at 16. Um, you can argue Cat above him if you want, depending on how you feel about Zion's offseason growth. Then I have Booker at 19. And you can certainly argue Book. I have Booker 19, Gobert 20, and Mitchell 21. And you can argue those three depending on how you feel about their playoffs and whatnot. But, yeah, that's that would be my list. Mm, I don't even know what my list is. Like, low-key, like, um, Luca would probably be, like, 
I um I'd probably put him at like seven. I put like I'm definitely not as high on Tatum as other people are. I'd put Tatum at like fourteen. I'd put oh, wow. Trey. At, I'd try. I'd put like Trey at fifteen, right behind him. I think like they're so. I think they're super close. Um, right, so outside, there's like an obvious top. And 11. then Booker's like. I think I have Booker like seventeen. There's like an obvious top eleven, and this is not in any order, but Curry, AD, Giannis, Luca, LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Harden, Lillard, Jokic, Embiid. That's an obvious top eleven, and pretty much everybody can agree that Embiid is sitting at number eleven. Who else would be above Tatum? Like I think Tatum is like a clear twelve. Oh, Jimmy Butler. I'm getting Jimmy Butler above him. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, I know, obviously, Jimmy's playoff struggles this year was a fluke. Um, He's he's been one of the best player performers in the league for a while. But I just, I don't know. I think Tatum has taken Jimmy's I don't know. I Jimmy just don't spot. like, I think Tatum's offense is overrated, to be honest. Like, I'm not trying to hate. I think, I think his defense is underrated, and I think his offense is overrated. Like, mm. as an offensive player, I'm taking Trey, Booker, and Z- maybe Zion. Yeah, I'm taking Zion over him. So I would take all three over him, too. But, you know, he's comfortably better than all three on defense. Yeah, well. yeah, I know that. I know that. I agree. I'm not saying any of them are better because I'm not going to. But I just think his offense is, like, overrated. Like, I'm taking – I'd honestly take Paul George over him as well. Uh, Paul, oh, know. wow. No, Tatum, definitely not Tatum's Paul George. like a top 20 defender for me. Who, Tatum? Yeah, he's probably at the end of that list. Um, wow. I don't really have a list past, like, my – I have, like, a top – 13-ish, like, rough. I'll take Kyrie over him, too. Oh. All right, bro. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll stop eating. I'll stop eating, but, like, I don't – I I actually – I I think uh, as an offensive player, I think he's a little behind some players. Even though he is a top 20 defender, I'd say he's, like, 20. But I I think Jimmy's a comfortably better defender. I think as a playoff performer, I think – I just think as a scorer, Tatum's scoring is just so overrated in general. I mean, his shot selection is so bad. You I know. Think- so going back to uh, Tatum versus PG, so I'd give, I'd give Tatum the defensive edge. I'd give him the playoff edge. I'd give him the edge in portability as well. Um, well, who are we going against? I'm uh, I'm giving I'm giving I'm giving I'm giving Paul George playoffs. Like Paul George has a couple bad I mean, moments. Paul George is 100 percent taking portability. Um, yeah. um, playoffs, I would give to Tatum playoffs. Um, Paul George had struggles last year too. Um, I would give. Defense to George, I would give offense. Uh, I'm giving offense to Paul George as well. I mean, yeah. Wow. I, mean, I, I think you can certainly argue. I think that, you can but... argue Tatum, but I also just I think Paul George. I think Paul George. What is Paul George? Sure, like what? Forty one percent from three this year. Not so, sure. But I, I, you know, I would give offense to Tatum. I would give yeah. playoffs to Tatum. I would give portability to Paul George, and I would give defense to Paul George. I'm giving now, defense think... to Tatum as well. I honestly, I, w- I would Tatum. say I could, I could maybe give defense to Tatum, and I'm, but I'm yeah. definitely, if I'm giving, if I'm giving Tatum defense, then I'm definitely giving Paul George offense because I already think, I don't know, man. No. I just think. Paul I feel George... like you're just influence. I feel like you're just like using the benchmark that Paul George would be better than Tatum, and you're switching no, it based I just, on that. I just think Paul George is a way better player than, uh, not way better. That is, that is way. That's just hating. I think he's not even sizable. I think it's a small guy, but I do think, I do think uh, Paul George is better. Wow. I think Paul George's defense is slightly better. I think I like, you can argue Tatum like, for defense. They're very close on defense. George has regressed. He's still great, but he has regressed. And, you know, Tatum is one of the best defenders in the league. He's very underrated on defense. I think they're very close defensively. I would take Paul George by just a hair. I would take Tatum offensively and in the playoffs. And then Paul George's portability is better at the moment. I think Tatum can definitely change that, you know, by the way he plays. I think he I definitely like, 
This is the chance. thing. Like, I just don't like certain parts of Tatum's offense. So I, I honestly, I see, I see the argument for Tatum being better. Like, I'm not sitting here acting like there's no debate. Like, there's definitely a debate, and I definitely see Tatum as like I can see Tatum better than Paul George. Like, don't get me wrong, but I just don't like Tatum's offense as much as other people do. Like, I hear people call him a top ten offensive player. I think that's crazy. No, he's definitely not a top ten offensive player. Like, yeah, off the top like, of my head, top ten offensive players would be um, Curry. Again, this is not in order. Curry, yeah. Harden, Lillard, Trey. Jokic, Durant, Kawhi, LeBron, Luka, Giannis. That's probably a rough top ten. Um, did I miss anyone? I'd put Trey there. Uh, I, I did say Trey. Oh, you did. My bad. You, you know, I'd let say... me just go through. Let me just go down my um list itself and see who I, mean, I would put there. Curry, Giannis, Luka, LeBron. I put Embiid over him. Is it? Yeah. Embiid over who? Over like Tatum. as an offensive player, I'm putting him over Tatum. Over Tatum, yeah. No, I think Tatum's top fifteen offensive player. Probably, I'll put Embiid I think over Tatum's, him. I think Tatum's. I don't know necessarily how how I I I watched Tatum, but I've never analyzed him off ball. Yeah, never, eighty for sure. I'll put Cat over him. Yeah, Cat is definitely clear of him. Yeah, so I would put Tatum probably a fringe top fifteen offensive player. You could say Kyrie's better. Here's the thing, though. Like, you know, I'd say I'd. I think Paul George is a slightly better shooter. I think Paul George's shot selection, at least in the regular season, is better. I'd, and you know the only thing with thing the thing with Paul George is in the playoffs, his first step is gone now. Like he like his first step after like pretty much anything. Like ever since he's gotten hurt, it's just been so bad. And he's kind of like that's kind of why his playoff struggles get so highlighted because he's lost his first step. So he has so at certain times and his lift on some of his jumps when he's driving to the rim, he's lost some of it. So you know when you're watching him, you kind of sometimes he feels like he has to rely on these jump shots, and you know. When you're relying on a jump shot like that, like not every nobody's Curry, man. Like nobody can consistently hit those night after night after night like that. Jerry West. And, you know, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That's so bad, bro. But, um, I'm sorry, I had to. But uh, but like you know what I mean, like, and I think now I'm not saying Paul George is like, and I think their playoffs are being slightly closer than y'all are making out to be. I'd say their playoffs are close. Like, here's the thing. OKC was what 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 uh Paul George 2018 OKC he dropped like seven points in the elimination game. Other than that, he played great that series. I think other than that, he and then you have 2020, which he did play bad versus the Nuggets on the second half, and even versus the Mavericks when he dropped eight points in 40 minutes. He he was struggling that year, but I'm willing to give him a pass for that because not only he was dealing with depression then, and he was constantly getting hate, and it was a lockdown season. And I'm willing to get look past that. And give his I like his I don't actually know. Does anyone know uh t- like uh Paul George playoff true shooting numbers? Hang on. Um twenty twenty one or twenty twenty? Just in general, like he shot fifty six point three in uh last year's playoffs and in the twenty twenty one oh wait no that's Tatum. Here wait. Yeah, you want Paul George? All right, um, Paul George. Paul George in the playoffs last year. Okay, I'm looking at it. This year he he this year, this year. I think this this year's playoffs run was more impressive than pretty much anything, any playoff run. Yeah, I feel like Tatum's people tend to overrate um, Pacers Paul George on the offensive end. Yeah, I don't like I don't like I don't like that necessarily Pacers Paul George as much. I don't think like don't get me wrong, like his prime was definitely in OKC, but you know like that injury still lingers and messes with him to this day. You yeah. can tell with his first step in. Some yeah. of his anyway, twenty twenty Paul George uh, minus two point nine percent relative true shooting, and twenty twenty one Paul George plus zero point six. I know Tatum played. I know Tatum only played one series. He had that incredible sixty-point game that brought yeah. his points up. He averaged like thirty. Or yeah, something. he averaged like thirty point eight, I think. Oh, yo, speaking of that series, 
James Harden. Yeah, Insane. he had amazing. And even last year's playoffs, Harden was great. I think, you know, Harden, I think he's no longer going to be dropping off in the playoffs like that. You know, I don't know what 2019 season and the 2020 season, but something has changed and James Harden has been consistently increasing in the playoffs now. And I, I hope that carries on. I want to see the Nets in perfect form against the Lakers in the finals. Yeah, it just depends on how um he's going to bounce back from his injury last year. We saw... He didn't play the best after his injury, but I think with the off season come with the off season now and him getting a chance to fully recover, I think he'll be great in this year's playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at it. Hang on, let me give me one you second. Know, Harden can really Harden can do whatever he wants on offense. Like Harden is one of the guys that can switch from a give you forty versus you know, be the primary on-ball playmaker guy. I, I, very few players can just seamlessly switch back and forth from that or play both roles at the same time, and Harden is one of those guys. I, yeah, I, I think I'm looking at it, and I know I'm not trying to break it or go back to what I was saying in general, but I do think I'm looking at it, you know, uh, 2019 to 2020, I mean, what was the true shooting that year? 56.5 in 1920. Okay. So he shot a fifty six. He shot a fifty six uh, percent. Or Tatum in uh, twenty twenty shot fifty six percent. Averaged about I think uh, twenty a game. You know, in twenty eighteen to nineteen, he averaged. Uh, he had a fifty four percent true shooting. And then this in the his playoffs? first season, yeah, this is playoffs. And then in his first season in the playoffs, he averaged eight. I think eighteen on fifty eight percent true shooting. And you know, I think, I think, I think other. If you can just, I feel if you're willing to ignore twenty twenty, and I know that's kind of hard to say because he did play really bad. But I think if you're willing to ignore that, because I, I, I'm honestly, like, I'm not trying to hate, but I think that was just, like, a fluke year in general. Like, so many people either played extremely good or they played extremely bad. And I'm willing to look past that and give Paul George playoffs as well. That's why. That's honestly. But, like, I can see Tatum. Like, I don't I don't want to come off as a hater because I really do like Tatum, but I don't know. All right, going back to Harden, um, you know, so he's, like Mihir said, he's a great on-ball playmaker. He's a great scorer. He's very versatile offensively. The only thing holding him back right now for me of being a top eight player is just his portability and defense. He's you a good know, post defender. <laughs> he's improved a lot defensively, but he's still just not there yet, and he's not moving much off ball. I mean, mm, I didn't watch him that much in Brooklyn because not only was he hurt, I mean, for the playoffs and stuff, and he missed a lot of games this year as well. I don't know. I don't really think you can – I mean, I'm not trying to play hypotheticals because I do hate when people do that, but I don't think that's necessarily always his fault in Houston. And Houston, like, it really was have him score as much as possible on ball, to be fair. And, I mean, they had that 2020 ISO offense pretty much where it was supposed to, he was just supposed to ISO everything, and it was just him with, in Westbrook trying to play small ball. Like, I don't think that's 100% his fault. Yeah, we've seen that with other players when they have such a high offensive load. Uh, they just have, like, a lot less energy defensively, obviously. And just they don't have the will to try because their teammates aren't as good. And it just gives them low motiv- motivation. But with Harden having uh, a lot better of a situation now and having the lesser offensive load, it just, I don't know, uh, made him improve defensively. Yeah, that's true. I I think I think that's fair to say. I, that's definitely fair to say as an argument against him. I don't know. I have a problem when people say he's not top ten. I think that's so stupid. I see people say he's not top ten. I think saying Embiid is better than him is crazy. I think yeah. That, 
I think saying Dame is better than him is also crazy. Dame is. I honestly think Dame's playoffs. I I honestly don't know for sure. I know Dame's playoffs, other than like a couple series, are really bad. And you know, but like, I'd have Harden at uh, I think nine now because I've got Curry, LeBron, AD, uh, Giannis, Kawhi, KD, Luca, and Jokic over him. So I think that's eight players over him. Um, and then after him would be Dame and Embiid. I'm putting Dame over it. I'm not putting Dame over I'm bidding him. I'm going to give Embiid the edge over Dame, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think that's close. I'd say that's pretty close between them. Um, But then again, like – oh, my bad. I think my, my meta just cut out. But I think other than – but back to, like, the young players in general. And, I mean, I know we kind of switched off that topic. But, like, I do think Luka right now is something – I don't think we're ever going to see again, to be honest – who is this elite as a scorer and playmaker in their second year? And I swear to God, my hair, if you say Wes, I'm going to leave. He this. literally Never talk to was. You no, I knew you were going to say, bro. I'm not trying to be. I'm dead serious. All right, All y'all. Right, you know what? That's it. We're done for today. All right. That's good, y'all. See you on the next one. <sighs>